There are five steps you're going to want to take when your partner cheats. The first one is don't ask for the details. The second is ask them to put a plan in place. Number three is to watch their actions. Don't listen to their words. Number four is reassess your own morals and values, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables. And finally, don't take the blame and take responsibility. Now, let me break down all of these in detail for you so you know exactly uh, what you need to do. The first one, don't ask for details. The single worst way you can victimize yourself is by asking them, who was she? What did he look like? Where did you meet? How many times did you meet? What happened? How attractive are they? How good were they? All of the details of exactly what they did, you never want to go there. And here's why. You will When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Never let go of those images. You will replay them against yourself the rest of your life. And the reason we don't want to do this is having those images in our head and replaying them, we are now victimizing ourselves. It's bad enough that they did this and made this choice and were hurt and were broken and confused and angry and all of these things. The last thing we want to do is to basically turn all of that against ourselves. And that's what happens when you ask for the details. I know you think that it's going to make it better. You're going to understand it. It won't. I've worked with hundreds of couples in this situation. And the biggest hurdle to reconciliation is the partner who is the cheater. And when they share details, that's almost always what ends the relationship. The, the offended partner can't get over it. So please, take care of yourself. Love yourself. Don't give them this. Because do you see, when we ask for this information, and we are now replaying it against, our, uh, against ourselves, we're now doing it to ourselves, and so it's a double whammy. And so it's bad enough they did this to us. Don't add to it. Even if you never you choose to leave the relationship, they will still control you because you'll replay those images. You will not let them go. So don't give them that also. It's bad enough that they cheated. Don't give them this. Love yourself. Protect yourself. And as much as you want to know those details, don't ask them. And even go to your partner and say, no matter how many times I ask for them, don't give them to me. That's the most loving thing you can do for yourself. Number two, ask them to put a plan in place. When somebody cheats, it's really, it's all childhood trauma. It has nothing to do with you, even if they try and blame you and say, well, we weren't intimate enough, or you nag me, or you're not around, whatever. The bottom line is, this person does not have the emotional mastery ability to meet their needs and wants, and 
and really address issues in the relationship. That's not about you. And look, I have to throw myself under the bus. The only way, my first wife was physically and verbally abusive. I was so underdeveloped as a man. I, I didn't know how to leave. And so I set up, I cheated. I set it up so that I'd get caught. It was the only way I could protect myself. Now, I'm not saying you're an abusive person, but that's about me. We went to five different counselors and every time that, you know, the focus was always me and they'd, you know, I'd work on my part and they'd turn to her and say, well, there's some things you could look at and she'd fire them. As soon as on the drive home, ah, we need a new one. Well, okay, but it's my responsibility to stand up and advocate for myself. I didn't know how. I just didn't. That's how underdeveloped I was. Now, I don't blame myself for, for that. We don't teach these things. I did the best I could. I'm not condoning my actions. She didn't deserve that, no matter what she did to me. That was about me and my lack of development. And the only way I could communicate was through this action. Now, I'm not saying that their reason for cheating is the same as mine was. But what I'm saying is, it is their inability to master themselves emotionally. And no matter what they say, they are responsible for healing that and doing the work to change that. And that's why you ask them to put a plan in place. Are you going to hire a professional? Are you going to go to group? Are you going to learn? Maybe you're a sex addict. Maybe you need therapy in that area. Maybe you need growth in that area. There are lots of things here. And so it's imperative that when somebody cheats, they put an action plan in place to address the underlying issues that are within them that they're then projecting onto you and trying to get you to be responsible for. And so it's imperative that you ask for them to put a plan in place. Now, the key is don't tell them what to do because that puts you in a codependent dynamic. It'll never work. You phrase it as a question. So what's your plan? What are you going to do about this? How are you going to deal with the underlying issues that caused you to cheat? Well, there's nothing. Hmm, interesting. I'll have to think about that. If it were me and I heard that response, I'd run. This is a person who doesn't want to do the work and face the underlying pain that caused them to cheat. All right? So demand that they put a plan in place and that they actively work that plan. And that's why step number three. Watch their actions. Don't listen to their words. Obviously, you now know that their words are deceptive. They went behind your back. And so, by doing step number two, asking that they put a plan in place, your job then is to watch their actions. Are they going to see the professional they hired? Are they going to group? Are they reading books? Are they actively doing the childhood trauma recovery that they need to do that created the desire to cheat. If they're not doing that, you have your answer. Regardless of their protestations of how much they love you and how much they care and how they'll never do it again. Well, they'll, the only way a cheater won't cheat again is if they do the work to recover. That's it. If they are not doing the work to recover, then the chances are more than likely that they will do this to you again. And so if you allow that behavior, 
then you're responsible. If it happens again and you didn't demand that they put a plan in place and that you instead chose to listen to their words instead of their actions and it happens again, then we have to look at ourselves. We have to go, wow, why did I choose not to demand and set these boundaries? That's about me. Okay, because they've shown us, because actions show us who a person is, not their words. And so they've just shown us that they have some unhealed pain. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. That they haven't addressed. So are they willing to work on it? If they are, you might want to stay and see how that goes. If they choose not to, at least for me and my boundaries, I, I would be done. You get to decide what works best for you. But again, we have to hold ourselves accountable. If we choose to listen to the words and we don't demand an action plan and we don't hold them accountable for their lack of action and it happens again, we have to look at ourselves and why did we choose to set ourselves up for recurring pain? That's about us, all right? Number four, reassess our morals and values, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables. Now, I talk about this all the time. Everyone thinks they know what their morals and values are. They think they know what their needs and wants are. They think they know what's negotiable and non-negotiable, and I have never met a person who does. Not to the level or the depth that we need to. So here's my suggestion. Head to my YouTube channel. Go to my Codependence playlist, and you'll see three videos. You can just type in the search, Codependence Recovery. And then you'll see how to determine your morals and values, how to determine your need. I can't remember the exact titles, but you'll see. All three of them will come up. You must watch those videos. The biggest reason relationships fail is nobody does this. They think they know their morals and values, but we really have to be precise. What's your moral and value around money? Who pays the bills? What about parenting and discipline with kids? What style of parenting? What about spirituality and religion? What about intimacy? Is it once a day, once a year? There are thousands of morals and values, needs and wants, and questions we need to really assess in ourselves. And most people, I tell you, I've worked with thousands of clients, and they don't know what they are. They have basic ones. I don't like cheaters. I don't like liars. Okay. But that's not deep enough. It's not specific enough. It's not an awareness of what our true values are and what we really believe. And if we don't know what those are, then we don't know what is negotiable or non-negotiable. All right? And therefore, we can't set boundaries, and therefore, we end up with a partner who cheats or has some other habit. Perfect example of this was a client I had a while back, and she called me because her husband smoked pot. And... She had, she had said, oh, I know what they are. And, and I said, well, when did you find out he smoked pot? And she said, well, I met him at a party and 
he was, I, I met him and he was smoking a joint. See, she had never sat down and thought about what are my morals and values around cigarettes, drugs of any kind. She got wrapped up in he's cute, he's flirty, he has a job, you know, these different things. And so she didn't realize that smoking pot was non-negotiable. So here she is 19 years later, still married to this man who has a habit that goes against her vow, what she values. She values somebody who's sober and doesn't do drugs and therefore sees it as morally bad if they do it. And because of that, it is non-negotiable. And so now she wants me to fix a problem that was there from day one that because she didn't know her morals and values, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables, she put herself in that position. He didn't do it. He didn't lie. He showed her from day one, this is who I am. And now she's upset because this is who he is. And that's why it's so critical. If you don't know, if you don't watch those videos, you are robbing yourself of the opportunity of picking the right partner. And if you think you know what they are, you, I'm, I, this sounds really demeaning and I'm not trying to be demeaning, but watch those videos and you'll see, oh my God, I really don't know a lot of these questions. I have no idea what I really think, believe, what I really need and want, and what I really find is negotiable and non-negotiable. So we need to reassess after something like this because most people, again, have never done it look over the relationship, you might find out that there are so many things in this relationship that are non-negotiable, that your best choice is to leave. I don't know. I'm not advocating leaving. What I'm advocating is getting into reality and into truth of the state of who we are as a person and who we're married to or in a relationship with and getting an honest assessment of what works best for us so we know just like we're asking them to put a plan in place we have to put our own plan in place and we might have to take action of wow I just realized we have a lot of morals and values that are different and many things that are non-negotiable are you willing to change some of your behaviors look at yourself am I willing to change some of my behaviors and you know we can save this relationship but that's what's required for us to assess this situation. The other benefit of this is it puts us in action. It takes us out of the victim position where we are powerless and helpless and we're constantly blaming them and we're constantly hoping they become what we want. It empowers us and now we have a blueprint. Okay, I know exactly what to do. If my partner puts this plan in place, addresses these issues, and we have a discussion about these non-negotiable items and maybe either one of us is willing to move, wow, we can salvage this relationship. We most likely will need outside help. We most likely are going to have to do some learning and growing and develop ourselves um, emotionally to be able to reconnect. But we can salvage this. So that's why step number four is so important. Now, this fifth step is going to be a difficult one to hear. I do want to start this and make it very clear. You are not to blame. This is a choice they made, and I don't care what accusation they throw at you. Every one of us is responsible for our thoughts, feelings, and actions. Nobody ever makes us think, feel, believe, or do 
anything. Their choice to cheat on you was their choice. You had absolutely no part in it. And I want to say it again. You had no part in their cheating. They made this choice. They are fully responsible. That's the first part of step five. You didn't do anything to deserve this. Remember I said, don't take the blame and take responsibility. Now, this is the part that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to let in. And many people will say, I'm victim blaming. And it's just not true. The truth is this. No person ever gets in our life unless we allow it. We are responsible. Just like they're responsible for their thoughts, feelings, and actions, so are we. So we need to take responsibility of, wow, why was I attracted to somebody who cheat? And I'm Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, the common refrain is, but I never knew they'd be this way. Okay, I agree. You didn't. But why? Does our society teach us anything about childhood trauma, about codependence or relationships? No. How do we learn about them? From our parents who were never taught and movies, TV, love songs, books. Well, everything we've seen in media of any sort about relationships, the dynamic that they show us of what love looks like is severe codependence and severe love addiction and love avoidance. I bet you've never heard a lot of those terms. Well, this is why we have to take responsibility. What people don't realize is because of our own childhood trauma, I could put you in a room with 10,000 people of the opposite sex, all of them attractive, great careers, everything you say you want. All but one of them would be faithful and like radar, because of your own unhealed pain, you'd come out of that room and you'd say, God, they're all really attractive, really nice, really smart. Man, great careers, everything I want. But there's something about this one. See, what people don't realize about attraction is we relive our childhood trauma against ourselves until we heal it. And so we will pick a cheater. And for that, we are responsible. Because think about it. Whether you are a man or a woman, we all, as, as women, the primary dynamic is men chase, women say yes or no. So if you're a woman who's been cheated on out of the thousands of men throughout your life that have thrown themselves at you, you said yes to this one. That's equivalent to that 10,000 men in the room. We have to find out why. Why did I pick this one? All right. Men, same thing. You're going to say, well, what about her? Well, look, men chase. So out of the billions of women on this planet, why did you choose to chase that one? 
That's about you, not them. Remember, they're responsible for never dealing with their own unhealed pain that they then chose to exercise through cheating. You didn't do that. Vice versa, because of our own unhealed pain, we chose somebody who's capable of this. That's the part we must take responsibility for. And that's the part the professional victims don't want to hear. And we do a disservice, and people will call that victim blaming, but we do a disservice when we don't speak truth, when we don't talk about how attraction works, how the brain is addicted to repeating what it knows. Now, if you don't know how this works, my suggestion is to pick up a copy of my book, Your Journey to Success. I show you the science behind how all of this works and how we will do this to ourselves and we must take responsibility. And so do you see what I'm advocating is the position of, oh, I didn't do anything, it's all their fault and you're victim blaming, Kenny. Do you see what that does to this person? It, it leaves them completely powerless. It leaves them in a life of total purgatory. They will never know if they ever end up with a cheater because it's always somebody else's fault. Someone else is always to blame. So they are forever stuck in a life of complete powerlessness, never knowing. See, what I'm advocating is pure self-empowerment through truth and love and personal responsibility. And we always play a part in everything that happens in our life. And if we don't look at that, we are choosing to play the victim. We are making the conscious choice that, nope, I'm not going to listen to him. He's wrong. He's victim blaming. We're going to let all of that denial and self-deception because we want to stay the victim. And when you read my book and learn about the worst day cycle and specifically stage three and stage four, shame and denial, you'll see why people choose that and then try and project onto me that I'm victim blaming when in fact they're they are making a mostly subconscious choice because they're not aware of how it happens. They're making a subconscious choice to stay the child who was victimized. Now, why is that? Well, that's because we repeat the childhood pain we've never healed. So here are some questions to ask yourself about to get yourself through this. And I know this is difficult. And for those of you who feel like I'm victim blaming, I have tremendous empathy for how you feel and the anger you feel towards me. And the reason I have empathy is all of that rage is at your primary caregivers. It's at because you've never been given permission to pursue your morals and values, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables. You never were able to stand up for yourself and defend yourself. And that's how the denial works. It becomes a projection onto the person who's giving you permission to heal it. Again, you'll learn about that and how all of that works. And it's, I'm telling you, this is really tough stuff. And so if you just can't get there and you want to hate me, I get it. And that's okay. Again, my heart bleeds for you, but because I don't take it personally, because I know what's creating it and why you're entrenched in that position. And I have tremendous empathy for the pain that you're in, that you really, and I know you believe it's the right position, um, but that's just a complete lack of information as to how these dynamics really work. We're just not taught the truth. And so I'm trying to 
lovingly, as, as best as I can, lovingly show you some new information that if you chose to pursue it, you'd never be the victim again. You'd stop victimizing yourself. You wouldn't pick cheaters. You'd get out of purgatory. You'd find peace and happiness and the love that you deserve. But if you want to hold on to that victim position, I understand it. But you're choosing a life of purgatory and powerlessness. And if that's what you want, I'll love you wherever you are. But I will, but I teach truth and responsibility. I will call out the truth and I will place the responsibility that you're choosing to stay in that position, which you get to do. Now the question becomes, why would we want to do this? Well, think about it. Look at how much power we get from being the victim. Do you see that our whole society puts all the responsibility over here? That means I get to stay the child. See, the reason this person wants to not take responsibility or see their part in how they were attracted to um, a cheater is because ultimately they're a hurt child who didn't get the loving, caring parenting that they needed. Regarding that, I can hear people going, oh, my parents are great. No, your adult life is an expression of the childhood you experienced. So if you picked a cheater, that tells me there was cheating, not necessarily affairs, but you were cheated out of love and care as a child. This is just the expression of what was never healed. And if you're not aware of that, again, my book will make you aware of, oh my God, it did happen. And now I see the correlation. And so ultimately, the person who wants to claim that victim position and accuse me of victim blaming, this is why I have so much empathy and I don't judge. It's the child in them who didn't get the parenting and love that they deserve. And so they want to stay the child and they want to find somebody who will care for them. Well, that's why we choose this position because we can post on social media how we got cheated on. We have millions of people go, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so handsome. You're so great. Why would someone do this to you? And we get the love and care and attention that we never got, but we can't let it in because it's not authentic. Because subconsciously, whether you recognize this or not, and this is what's happening subconsciously, and once you learn about the cycle and do the recovery work, you'll see there's a subconscious process that's teaching us to take the victim position so we can manipulate love and care. It's an adaptation we developed in childhood to survive our parents' perfect imperfections and the moments they couldn't be there to lovingly support us. And so this is how we get it back, is we choose the victim-child position so we never have to take responsibility for the pain that we've never healed. We never have to take responsibility for the choices we've made. And we make everyone else just like a parent. And so we make the world the parent we didn't get. Well, why would you judge someone for that? They just want to be loved. Now... And they're also just not aware. They're not doing it maliciously. None of this is bad intent. It's just they weren't taught. You know, it's like asking somebody to build a space shuttle. They're not bad people because they can't build a space shuttle. They didn't go become an aeronautical engineer. Well, look at what we've been taught about relationships. Everything's wrong. They can't be blamed for that. 
but we do have a choice. Now that you've heard this information, you're not to blame for doing something you weren't even aware you were doing. That's why I don't blame you. And, I, and I'm not victim blaming because I'm not. I'm not blaming you. You're just doing the best you can with the information you were given. You're not to blame for that. And once you hear new information, you are responsible for making the choice as to whether you pursue that new information. So this is the point. From this day forward, if you throw this all away and, and stay entrenched in that victim position, you are now responsible for that and how that will repeat against you the rest of your life. Because after listening to this video for the first time in your life, you actually have a choice. You never had a choice before. You were just doing what you knew and, and using the information you had at the time. Now I'm opening the door to a new possibility, a new understanding, a new way to actually be loved and to move out of the pain that's never been processed. And so now, if today you choose not to take advantage of that, that's your responsibility. I won't blame you for that. I get it. This work is tough. And you are responsible. That's love. Placing responsibility at somebody's feet is love. Letting them off the hook and enabling their own self-victimization is not love. That's not kindness. And that's what we do when we don't speak truth about the responsibility to, that this person has played. Not because they intended, but because they're lacking the proper information. So you want to ask yourself, how does this emptiness, sadness, confusion, hurt, pain, anger, how do these feelings that you're having over your partner cheating, how do they resemble your childhood? They're all there. You were treated this way as a child. And that's what created the chemical addiction in your brain to seek out this person. It is now your choice and your responsibility to go learn about that, go heal it, discover what your real morals and values are, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables, put boundaries in place, ask them, to put a recovery program in place. Protect yourself. Don't ask for details. Watch their actions. Don't listen to their words. Don't take their blame. And most of all, empower yourself. Love yourself. Take responsibility. Heal yourself. And that's how you deal with a cheater.